Boston Celtics figure out a way to win in Brooklyn. Jason Tatum gets to 10,000 points. I'm going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Green and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. It's right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and I'm here for you Monday through Friday, and then on a Saturday, and then whatever day the Celtics play. Podcasts galore here on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. The show is free. You're never going to have to pay for this show. So make sure you get it on whatever app you use. Watch the show on YouTube. Hop to the comment section. Let me know what you're thinking. I'm John Corrales. I played a long time ago. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Today, we're talking about a 124-114 win over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I'm not going to talk about anything that goes, hmm, you know, kind of makes me think here because um, I'm I'm not feeling that on the bonus podcast. I'm doing things I liked, things I didn't like, and then we're out. So trust me, there's plenty to talk about. Uh, Let's start right away with the things that I liked, right? Let's start with the positive notes. Celtics win 124-114. It's a a nice game to win. It's not all going to be pretty. It's not always going to be something that uh, the Celtics are going to look look great from start to finish. They they had – it looked like they might have uh, had the opportunity to – finish without you know another fourth quarter off for everybody no not the case the 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 nets off the back-to-back they were missing nick Claxton. they were missing ben simmons uh they were missing somebody else uh that is escaping me right now but uh let's see uh keon johnson no cam johnson cam johnson that's who they were missing uh so it looked like hey they're super small this is going to be like uh like Washington all over again. Porzingis can go nuts and Tatum can have some fun and everybody's going to play their 28 minutes and sit down in the fourth quarter. No, they have to, they have to fight throughout this whole thing. And, and that's fine. The Brooklyn Nets fought hard. Give them credit. They fought hard. They, they took a hundred shots. They took 52, three pointers. They in fact made more three pointers than the Celtics, even though the Celtics shot a little bit better. The Celtics didn't shoot particularly great. Uh, they made as many field goals as the Celtics. It's just Boston ended up drawing more, more fouls, getting to the line, and and kind of being aggressive, taking advantage of of the uh, Brooklyn Nets there. And you know, when you can get to the line at twenty three of twenty seven, that that's a that's a big deal. Uh, that, that's that's a nice place for the Celtics to be attacking, drawing the fouls, all of that stuff, getting into the bonus. Pumping up your free throw numbers by getting into the bonus. That's why you're supposed to do it. That's why we keep talking about guys who just, you know, who can draw fouls, even if they're not the ones getting to the line. If somebody draws two fouls, three fouls in a quarter and then sits down on the bench, but then all of a sudden the rest of the guys start to benefit from getting free throws, then you've done a great job. So whatever they needed to do, they did. 
It didn't always look great, but they finished each half strong, and that's important. Winning teams do that. Uh, we'll not go back in two months and look back at this and say, oh, well, this this wasn't exactly the the game that we thought it was going to be, and so we're going to take demerits here. No, they they fought. They, they played tough, and they found out a way to win, and they, they got contributions from just about everybody. Even somebody like Peyton Pritchard, who was 0 for 4, had you know a couple of assists and, a, and a, some real clutch play uh, as well. So I think everybody contributed. So that let's start with that. Uh, the guy who contributed the most was Jason Tatum. Oh, actually, you might argue that Al Horford contributed the most because he was a plus twenty nine in this game. A game the Celtics won by ten. Al Horford's a plus twenty nine. He started in place of Derek White. So. That was, um, <clears throat> sorry, a little bit of a frog in my throat. Uh, why is it a frog? Aren't there other animals? Never mind. Uh, Al Horford was a plus 29 in 30 minutes. That's pretty damn good that Al Horford was that, that impactful. But Jason Tatum, 32 points, 11 rebounds, shot 50%, 10 of 20, shot 6 of 10 from 3, 6 of 6 from the line. A wonderful game, just beautiful game from him. Uh, 32 points. Uh, in the middle of those 32 points, he scored his 10,000th point of his career, getting him, uh, making him the the youngest player in Boston Celtics history to get there. Uh, he did it a few games. It, it took him five more games than it took Larry Bird. But this is super interesting to me. Larry Bird, it took him less games. And he didn't have the three-pointer. So Tatum has the benefit of the three-pointer to get him to that that number, but he was 19 when he, when he came in to the uh, NBA and Larry Bird was 23. So Bird had a, uh, you know, an advantage there at 23. That's, that's, uh, you know, you, you're coming in as a, like a fully formed man, like 19 years old. Look at what Tatum looked like at, at, at 19 years old. He was skinny. He said it the other day. He's like, I was a baby. 200 pounds on a good day. Now he's like a solid 230 to whatever he is. He's like a grown man. And so for him to, to, to basically, it only, it was only a five game difference. Plus he had COVID in the middle of it. Plus he had other factors like for him to be within five games of Larry bird scoring wise. That's amazing to me, actually. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of history and, you know, I, I went in there looking like, okay, let me just see what Larry Bird did. And the fact that it was within five games, I'm like, you look, if Tatum, if Tatum didn't have COVID and if, if he didn't have some other things, maybe he could have gotten there within those five games. So super impressed. And it's the most important, important and impressive part of this is that this is his absolute best year so far. This is, you can see within these performances, you can say, okay, I, I get where, where Tatum is as a player, as a, as a, you know, a leader, as the team's best player. Like th this is very obvious. I know in past seasons, as, you know, especially because Tatum has been a notoriously slow starter past seasons, we've had arguments like in December, like, Hey, you know, Jalen Brown's actually been the better player. And, you know, when it came to the all-star, 
Jalen Brown's actually around the voting time. He's actually been more impactful. Like that's been a thing the past couple of seasons. It's not a thing this season. And 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 Jalen in this game. Side note: not a good shooting game. Seven of twenty-two, two of eleven. Tough shooting game for Jalen. Not not that big of a deal though. Uh, I thought his passing was really really good. Twenty-three points, five rebounds, four assists. Just a couple of turnovers for for Jalen. He did have a block, uh, but some some real nice passing and, and passes that won't show up in the box score. Not even hockey assists, not even like maybe potential assists, but that's it. Um, Jalen, Jalen, I thought didn't play particularly great as far as you know. He made a couple of bad decisions, but everybody made this bad decisions in this game. Uh, not did not shoot well, but I thought as as a passer he he did okay. But that aside. Tatum was very clearly and has very clearly been the best player. I think this is the season where Tatum very clearly separates himself from Jalen Brown. Like I think Jalen might be close to his ceiling. Uh, I'm not going to say he's at it because he's still young enough where he can, he can find another, another thing. And maybe that'll be this season. So I'm not going to say he's hit his ceiling. I'm not that stupid. Um, but I feel like he's pretty close to where his ceiling might be. I think Tatum is just starting to reach that next level. And I think his ceiling is still higher. I think there's still more for him to find. So that's, that's going to be <laughs> when, when he hits that, I, I feel like that that's going to be his MVP. And I think this is the beginning of true Tatum MVP level play. Like in the past, it was Tatum, can Tatum get into the MVP discussion, which still makes him a really good player. But I think this year is where we get into Tatum could potentially actually be the MVP. And that's this year. And that's, you know, for the few years moving forward. So the funny thing is that now, so it took, this is his seventh season. So it took him this long to get to 10,000, but he's now scoring over 2,000 points a season. So less than five years from now, like, and, and this is the beginning of the season. It's just game five. So he's probably got another 2,000 points this year, and then four more seasons after that, he could hit 20,000 before he's 30, right? Because he, he's 25 now. He turns 26 in March. He might be able to get to that. 20,000 before his actual 30th birthday, which would be amazing. Amazing. And then after that, he's got a little over 6,000 points to get to Havlicek and the number one scorer in Boston Celtics history. If he sticks around and Hey, it's the NBA in 2023 right now. I wouldn't expect, I, I just don't expect him to stick around because I don't expect anybody to stick around. Right. There's just who knows what the NBA is going to do, but he could be 30 years old and they could decide to put an expansion team in St. Louis. And he'd be like, love you, Boston, but I'm out. I'm going home for all we know. So side note, if you want to make, you know, take that out of the equation, somehow find a way to oppose St. Louis as a potential landing spot for an NBA team. Tatum, Tatum, uh, once again, great. And then, you know, the Celtics had a 14-4 run in the fourth quarter to kind of put this away. 
and Tatum had nine of those 14. So this is this is the MVP season for Tatum. So obviously I liked Tatum's game. Uh, I mentioned Al Horford. I loved Horford's game. Porzingis, this is great. Kristaps Porzingis was eight of ten in this game. Uh, he's he's having his absolute most efficient season. He's never shot better than fifty percent in his career for a single season. He's also never taken fewer than twelve point three shots per game. Well, this season he is now taking ten point six, so he's below that average or below that number. And he's shooting 60.4%. So he's averaging 19.4 points per game. And his career average is 19.6. So he's he's not getting a ton of shots. And he's still right around his career average. So if he can pick up a couple of shots here or there and bump up... He, he he could actually take fewer shots this year and average as much or more as he did last year. So when we're sitting there preseason talking about where do all these shots come from and who sacrifices, well, Porzingis might actually be able to sacrifice a couple of shots without losing anything besides a couple of shots. Everything else, he could have the most efficient season of his career right now. So uh, Porzingis in this game was was pretty good, especially early, 8 of 10. 22 points, seven rebounds, three block shots. Uh, just the 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 nets were small, and the Celtics took advantage of it. Uh, he caught that one alley oop from Jalen Brown. Again, Brown's passing was spectacular. I thought uh, that straight on alley oop is so tough. It's so tough because you don't have like that depth. You know, you could see when a guy is is cutting baseline or down the wing. You have a spot, depending on you, where you are, but if you're on the like top of the key towards the left side, let's say somebody coming down the right side, you could put the ball at a spot that's about a foot or so, foot and a half off to the right side of the rim. You're not throwing it at the rim. You're throwing it off to the side of the rim because the person's coming in from the side and their momentum, they're going to catch it and their momentum carries them the rest of the way. So there's a misconception that the alley-oop has to be up near the rim. It goes, actually, people say you aim for the bottom corner, depending on your angle. You aim for the bottom corner of the backboard. And if you put it there, the person who's jumping kind of jumps into it, catches it on the way up, and finishes. But on that straightaway, you have to put it in a spot. Like, the rim is right there. You have to put it in the right spot. The guy has to trust you a lot because he's looking at you while running towards the rim. He's got to catch it and then turn and finish. Like you are guiding him. You are making sure there's nobody in his way. You you are really that's a difficult difficult pass to make. Jalen threw it perfectly. That was a great great play. So, uh great great from them. Holiday. Drew Holiday was spectacular in this. One rebound shy of a triple double. I can't believe it's in 15 minutes and I've only just started talking about Drew Holiday. 18 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. Uh, just uh, an amazing game. And and he just found his way to making big shots whenever the Celtics needed him to make big shots. He was just, this is exactly why you get him. You not only have the defensive prowess and he had another block in this game. He ends up with nine rebounds, four offensive rebounds to keep 
possessions alive. The 18 points is, you know, he he's out there keeping the defense honest. Some of it, some of it, there is some shot selection where if he wasn't Drew Holiday, if he wasn't able to make some of these other shots that he makes, he he get he gets the pass on some of the early shots. And I know I talked about early offense on this podcast before, but he he takes some shots, man. He's he's one of the pull-up masters on this team. Uh, Holiday was huge. He was huge. There's a reason why he played 40 minutes in this game. He uh, he was he made up for the loss of Derek White again. Derek White out personal reasons. Uh, I think it's a family. I think it's I think he's going to be. Uh, I think dad number you know dad twice over. I think that's the case. Don't know for sure, but hopefully hopefully we're talking about this. And Derek White is somewhere holding his newborn baby and everybody's happy. That's what I hope is happening. Uh, but I don't know because they, they don't say anything. Uh, the bench. The bench had its moments. Luke Cornett, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of people have been saying, you know, uh, you know, sit Luke down. I saw a tweet go, <laughs> gotta get Luke out of there. And then he immediately hits like two, two buckets. Uh, one nice like cut right down the middle of the floor in transition gets right to the front of the rim holiday bang right there in the middle and, and forcing the other team, uh, forcing Brooklyn to, to call a timeout. I thought Cornette, this was his best game, best game of the season of the preseason of anything that we've seen, uh, on tel television this year. It was very important that he come through and in 15 minutes, he was a perfect five of five, uh, 7.7 .7 rebounds, a steal, that's uh, a, a clutch performance from from Luke Cornett. Uh, caught a couple of alley oops. That's this is this is the exact Luke Cornett that we're hoping for when when we're talking about backup centers. So he helped uh, he helped that bench. The Celtics needed that bench. They needed everybody. Uh, the Nets ran like crazy. They shot a bunch of threes, like I said before. They kept themselves in the game. They turned the Celtics over. They just were kind of hanging around. And I, I feel like the bench came in and just calmed things down just enough in each half to, to keep things in check, right? To hold a lead or to prevent the lead from getting too, the, uh, a Nets lead from getting too out of control. So, uh, that was all the bench guys. Shout out to all the bench guys. Uh, what else did I like in this? I think that might be everything. I'm just looking through my notes that I liked. Let's get just a minor thing that I didn't like. 41 minutes for Jason Tatum. Uh, a little over 40 minutes for Holiday. I don't like seeing. I just am programmed. I don't like seeing 40 minute anything in the in November. But at the same time. I I'm going to contradict myself and say they just played two games where they didn't play in fourth quarters. And it was like 20 some odd minutes for everybody, 26, 27 minutes. So one pop off 40 minute performance is actually not bad. In fact, one might argue that getting him those, the, the one big minute game kind of helps keep his cardio up. So fine, fine, not a big deal, but just because I don't like it doesn't mean that 
it's not like doesn't have some merit. I get it. They wanted to win this game. They had it. So you don't want to blow it. But in general, I don't like 41 minutes. I don't like anybody playing 41 minutes uh, in a, an early November game. So leave it at that. Done. Moving on. Also didn't like uh, how much the Celtics kind of, I don't want to say relaxed. Um, I'll say let down. Their defense wasn't particularly great for stretches. It was fine for stretches. Uh, every every number here looks decent, except for the 114 points and the fact that they gave up 100 field goal attempts. That doesn't make Joe Missoula happy. But this is what the Nets are. They, they run. They pile up the field goal attempts. They pile up the three-point attempts. They shot 52. These teams combined – for 97 field goal attempts. Uh, I, mean, I have three-point field goal attempts. 190 field goal attempts, 97 of them were from three. That's a lot of three-pointers. And they were just pulling uh, indiscriminately. There's a point here where it's just like pull-up jumper after pull-up jumper. But that's what they do. Um, But I think... The Celtics, I don't know, is is let down the right the right word? Is it relaxed? Did they relax too much? Did they they didn't they didn't play particularly great? Now after the game, Joe Mazzula said the effort was there. The effort was there, even though the execution wasn't. And maybe maybe that's semantics. I like to say that like if defensive execution isn't there, that's that's got to be effort based. To some degree, like if you're really trying on defense, you're really like locked in, focused. But I don't know. Celtics were not, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm not gonna harp too much on that. That's why I saved it to the end, and I'm not really spending too much time on it because uh, ultimately, this goes down as a, a good win, a positive test. Uh, without Derek White, I feel like his his impact was noticeable. Um, I feel like the Celtics need to win to figure out how to win these games where they're not playing particularly great. They're not always going to play great. They're going to play poorly. And if you can play poorly and win, then that's good. You can, That's a sign of a good team. Good teams win games where they kind of play crappy. And I'm not going to say the Celtics played crappy, but you know they did turn the ball a little, a little, turn the ball over a little too much. They did foul, I think, a little too much. Uh, there was a stretch there where it was just like all over the place, foul after foul after foul. But they figured it out at the end of each half. They went on runs. They closed out the second quarter. They closed out the fourth quarter, and that's what championship teams do. They they close it out down the stretch, and so. Good win for the Celtics, fifth straight win for the Celtics, the only undefeated team left in the league, and now they're off to Minnesota. Monday night in Minnesota, Monday night is an NBA belt title match. If you don't know what the NBA belt is, follow me on Twitter, uh, at John underscore Corrales. But basically, each season, the champion comes in with what I call the NBA belt. Uh, I didn't make it up. Someone else made it up somewhere. I am just now the caretaker, self-appointed caretaker. I'm not the only one on the web 
that does it, but I'm probably the most prominent one on Twitter that does it. So I'm glad. I'm happy to take this mantle. I've been doing it for a few years. Denver Nuggets came in with the NBA belt. Each night, it's fictional, but each night you play and defend it like a boxing match or a wrestling match or a UFC match. So the Nuggets won four straight games, I think it was, and then they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves then became the NBA belt champions. You defend it, like I said, like anything else. So then they played Utah, they beat Utah, and now they play Boston. Boston now has a chance to get the NBA belt. So I love it. I, I love I love this thing. That's why I keep doing it. I think it's great. I think it's better than the in-season tournament. I think it's better than that. I think the NBA should latch onto it. The NBA belt, give a belt, create an actual championship belt that goes with from team to team and sits there at the scorer's table. And when you win or lose, the captain or your best player gets to grab the belt and throw it over his shoulder and be like, ha ha, here's my NBA belt. That's, I love that. I would love to see it. I think that would be fun. Imagine going to a game, a random game. If you didn't realize all of a sudden there's a championship belt there and the winner, the winner gets to take that belt. It's beautiful. We can, we can build this out. It can be fun. You can sponsor the belt. could be the whatever, you know, company like some company could put their name on the belt create the belt make it big and then at the end of the year whoever holds it last gets like a i don't know a party an edible arrangement by the way they call that edible now is that are they really trying to call those things edibles like like that's not a marijuana thing anyway it's like late it's 3 a.m i gotta stop talking thank you hope you enjoyed this bonus podcast uh, if you have, if you're still here, please subscribe. If you have not, if you are on the YouTube page, I'd love to have you on the YouTube page. Subscribe to two things. Subscribe to the audio, subscribe to the YouTube. Pop on and, and watch every once in a while. Would love to see that. I would love it if you spread the word. I'd love it if you shared the podcast. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast. It's right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.